You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right. Away, back, goal! Go, hey! It's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Ah, yes, Monday here on A's Cast Live. I hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. The weather is absolutely beautiful in the Bay Area. I hope everybody had a great Easter celebration with your families and you had a good day. Cody, did you have a good Easter yesterday? Yeah, it's just my wife and I, so it's kind of small. We don't really do much. I had an unbelievable Easter by myself with Spencer the dog. And don't forget your cat. What's your cat's name again? And the new cat, Joe. Joe. Joe, Joe. Long story. Mother-in-law died. Inherited a cat. It's been rough. But, uh, we, yes, we have a cat now. I'm in the uh, – I'm, I'm officially in the pet business. There's no question. Um <laughs> Yeah, I obviously worked yesterday doing A's and Rays, the final game of the three-game set. And then we, with another family, always celebrate Easter together. But since I had to work, family went over there. And I haven't been feeling so hot, as you've probably heard if you've listened to the broadcast over the weekend. I've had a little bit of a cold, so I decided to stay home and had Masters Sunday Easter by myself, which was fantastic. Uh, But feeling better, ready to rock today as the A's are starting a four-game set in Baltimore. And boy, is this a huge, huge series for the A's. This is what we have coming up. Eno Saris is going to be here at 1.30. Former athletic Cole Irvin will join us at 2. Will he be on video? They told me on video. And it's going to be after BP, so A said around 5 p.m. Eastern, so 2 o'clock our day. Whatever that is, our, our good friend Cole Irvin, God miss him. <laughs> I mean, first time he ever joined us, go-kart track. Yes. And then he was on the field with us all the time. We he had was, no idea. We, we, we really didn't know much about Cole Irvin. I mean, he was a guy that had a couple starts, bullpen guy for the Philadelphia Phillies. A's got him for cash. And he comes over and became a legitimate starting pitcher. You know, how many times have we heard that? The A's pick up somebody that you have no idea, and they turn their careers around, or they actually establish a career. I think that every single time I was watching it, uh, what what day was the ghost fork ball going? You were texting me, I think it was, was it Saturday? Saturday, so I was watching the Mets, and every single time I see Mark Canna, I mean, I'm just like, it's amazing. Who was Mark Canna before the A's picked him up? 
By the way, the ghost forkball is one of the coolest things going, Senga. And somebody texted me, hey, why is that guy dealing and Fuji's having a problem? My my return text was, one guy got $75 million, the other guy got three. But Senga is legit. Throwing 97 with that ghost fork. It's really a split finger, but the ghost fork. And his glove has the ghost with the pitchfork on it. He's nasty. Is, is this an overreaction? We'll get to those later. Is this an overreaction? Is Senga the best pitcher on the Mets right now? Yes. How's that an overreaction? I mean, He's bad. by far the best pitcher in the Mets. From what you always told me. In He's one of the best pitchers in the game. But as you would say, he said, hey, your little W, your little uh, WBC's cute, my friends. They told old Space Mountain down. I knew in the way you changed your voice, you were going. Yeah, right? I, uh, Jay Rule is it? Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal. They told old Space Mountain down. If you don't follow wrestling, you have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> but Senga, no doubt. Senga's le- watching him pitch over the weekend. Are, are we going to see him? I don't know how it sh- shakes up, but uh, we got the Mets coming to town on Friday. Friday. Yeah, so the Mets, if they have an off day Thursday, it would be – yeah, he would pitch. I'm telling you, when you see Senga for the Mets, are they going to have the uh, – not the drum line. What is their – what's the the people that come out? To, they showed up huge last year when we took on the Mets. It's the uh, station line where they get off. It's, the, it's a number. Oh, I was, they get off the subway. That's when I became. I was being the mayor of Iceland then, so I don't remember what it was like. God, oh, they were packed. They packed the where's, right field. Where's, where's the Karate Kid Ray? He's the Mets fan. He it was know. down the right field line. They're uh, just put up the fan. No, group. I know. I was, I was trying to Mets figure out, fan group. I was trying to figure out one uh, saying a pitches X. Mets fan group. It's um. It's 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 where you know how everything on the New York subway is the seven line. The seven line. Yeah, they're going to be out in full force. But I'm telling you, when you see this guy pitch, he's pumping 97, 98. He throws strikes. And this splitty, I don't have my – I don't know where my baseball is. I mean, it's just like – I mean, it's it's nasty. Because what happens is what the hitter sees, if you can see my fingers, I don't have a ball. But when a hitter – when you're throwing your two-seamer, your four-seamer, and the way it comes out of your hand, the baseball, well, all a split finger is is you're splitting it, Right. And so it's a more of a tumbling action coming out of your hands. See, hitters see when you're throwing the breaking ball, hitters see it come out of your hand because it spins out of your hand. They see it differently, right? These guys have superior eyesight. So they see when they see the ball come out of your hand, they see that's the problem with the split finger is when whether you're throwing a four-seamer or a split, they can't tell. When you've got the same arm action and you've got the same release point and that split finger is coming – it's coming in like a fastball, and then just drops down, like the real legit ones. Like you think over the years, like Mike Scott. You remember Mike Scott with the Houston Astros? You think about Dave Stewart with the forkball, kind of pretty much the same. The forkball, you just dig in more, but you got to have big hands to do that. And Dave Stewart has monster hands. But these guys, I like once Roger Clemens developed one. I mean, hell, even Randy Johnson. When you develop that, all this splitting your fingers open, the ball tumbles. I mean, for a hitter, it just drops out of sight. And this guy is legit. He is uh, fun to watch. So that will be interesting to I, see. I looked at the schedule. He pitched Saturday. So five days, we, they have an off day Thursday because they're playing the Padres. You get him Friday? He'll be pitching Friday. The ghost fork ball. If they go. He, I think the he, most fun pitch in baseball will be in Oakland on Friday? I, if the schedule lines up correctly, he will be pitching. On, and he pitches on five days rest. I want to show you all you A's fans. And if you're a baseball fan. 
These are the notes we get every day. I got, I got, I got every every game, every team. I got notes. It's not like we're these geniuses that are making up all these notes. Thank God they have research teams that come up with all this stuff. We get it. We pass it on to you like it's ours. It's not. We we want to act like we're smart. We didn't grind these. You you weren't grinding stuff um, saying that it hasn't happened since 1901. Actually, the one the one I did, I did that. You grinded one. You okay, You grinded I, I gave, one. I, I grinded one. That's it. So there's a lot of negative. T- there's a lot of negativity going on right now. I get it. And whatever's being said right now, eight three three six two five two two seven eight. No one is there right now. Well, Robert Costa might be there. He's saying Robert's by. there. You could call Robert and talk to Robert about it. And already I'm getting a lot of the a lot of the hardcore calls. I heard him yesterday. People are upset. And that's fine. That's how we set up the postgame show. We set up the postgame show for the fans. When I established this years ago, I wasn't going to be somebody that gets on there and I'm going to fight for the team tooth and nail and always going to be like, you're wrong. Because that's traditionally what happens in radio, because the postgame show not only is A's cast, but it also is terrestrial radio, is you'd have a guy that gets on there and will fight every caller and back the team no matter what. You could have a axe murderer on the team who just committed crime and murder, but the postgame show host would still back him. Well, you know, he went one for four the night before. <laughs> no, I, I'm not going to do that. And the A's understand that. And everybody understands that, that, you know, there's going to be negative calls at times. Even when the team's going good, there's going to be negative calls. So I look at today's show, and I have all this information of stuff that's not going good. I can give you starter ERA. I can give you airs, I can give you run differential, I can give you back-to-back shutouts, I can give you all this stuff. The great thing about baseball is none of that matters today. Now, I will be giving all this information coming up here at 2.30 when A's Total Access, the pregame show, starts. 2.55. 2.55? Yeah. What time's the game? Uh, 3.35. So that's 40 minutes prior. These start start times are so it's a six thirty five start time on the East Coast. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, baseball's baseball's gotten smart. It's not seven start, o'clock. Start these games is sent out set, you know seven oh seven Dodger Stadium seven thirty and having these games going to ten forty five and eleven o'clock at night, especially during school time, not a smart idea. Even though my kids are off for spring break this week, so I'm not going to give you all that because you know what? Who you know? That's the great thing about baseball is you move on. It's the next day. That's what's so unique about our sport. You think about also what happened yesterday. The biggest sporting event yesterday was the Masters. Masters is highly watched. It gets massive ratings every single year, especially on a on a on a Easter Sunday where everybody is gathering and TVs are on, so you'll get major numbers. Golf takes a day off for the next couple days as everybody's now going to Hilton Head. I actually did this trip last year. Hilton Head, South Carolina is awesome. But they take the day off. They're traveling. There won't be much conversation for the next couple days. Most guys won't be playing. Well, actually, a lot of guys will be playing down there at Hilton Head. But you think about a massive event, they got the next couple days off, right? You know, 
in other sports. My God, the NBA playoffs, right? How they work. Like they play a game that they play a game, then they won't play for three, four days. Great thing about baseball is no matter how good or how bad you're going, the next day's here. No matter how bad it was yesterday, no matter how bad it was over the weekend, the next day's here. It's a new game. As Ken Ken Korak talks about, how it's a book. And like every series is a new chapter in the book. So if you go out and you get it handed to you for four more days against the Orioles, yeah, major, major, major issues. But if you go out and, let's say, win the series, now you everybody feels a little bit better and say, well, Tampa's pretty damn good. And you got rolled by Tampa, but who knows? Maybe Tampa keeps it rolling as now they're going to be taking on the Boston Red Sox. And they have actually done very well against the Red Sox over the years. But that's, you. I mean, it's almost like a cornerback in football. You are going to get burnt. You are going to give up touchdowns, but you got to have amnesia. You get on the plane in Tampa, you head to Baltimore, and it's a whole new series. And you have to, you have to basically forget and not worry about it. Now, the post-game show callers are going to worry about it. I'm going to worry about it. You're going to worry about it. But in the end, baseball players – I don't know how they do it, but they're conditioned to realize, oh, new game, show up today, everybody will be in a good mood. It's way too early before someone dumps over the spread. I don't even think, when's the last time anyone's in? I haven't even heard about that in years. When's the last time a Lou Pinella came in and dumped the spread? <laughs> well, I think the last time I heard about the spread in the Bay Area was when the, anything about Pablo Sandoval years ago. Too too soon? Wow. Well, that wasn't dumping the spread. That was pounding the yeah, spread. That's, that's a whole. I mean, it's last time I heard spread mentioned in Barry. Wow. Baseball. Shots fired on the Panda. Does he get a uh, – is he on the wall of Forever Giant? Uh, well, Darren Ruff got signed the other day. First question I asked my friends are Giants fans. Uh, does he go on the wall of fame? Oh, wow. Does, does anybody who play get on the wall of fame? Is that how that works? I think if you play one game for the Giants, if you if you see an uh, uh, um, if you get a plate appearance, you get a, a plaque on the wall. I mean, is this, is this wall going to eventually go all around the city of San Francisco? <laughs> it might have wow. to. Shots fired against <clears throat> our friends. Let's change the Giants. mojo. We talked about this before. Let's let's get this off to a good start. You don't do this, but we're going to do it because it happened. In our graphic we have here, you can get the Mandalorian bobblehead on May fourth. May the fourth be with you. We're going to take the Kotze bobblehead. We're going to take the Mandalorian helmet off. Kotze's going to have to bathe in the waters of Mandalore to become a Mandalorian again. Maybe this will switch Wait, put, it up. Put that back up. Put 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 that. He doesn't have it on right now. Oh, no. And you're saying that's illegal in the it's, Mandalorian world. Yeah, it's correct. It's just, they just went over the whole thing two episodes ago in The Mandalorian, season three. How he had to go bathe themselves in the waters of Mandalore to become a man. Be, they get to Mandalorian Creed. This is the way. Have you ever heard, like, okay, after a hockey game, there is an area that the players take their gear off at the Shark Tank. I don't know if every single arena is like this. I have only covered the San Jose Sharks. I have never covered any other team, and I've never been to another arena for a hockey game. But I know there's like an area where Sharks players, when the game's over, they take their gear off. 
and it smells awful. It's like way worse than the NFL. Having been in many NFL locker rooms, because everybody knows when you sweat in grass for hours, it smells awful. But the sweat inside the gear of hockey players, it molds. It's got that moldy, awful smell because the gloves and like the the, the gear for the uh, for the goalie. And the shoes, they so when they come in and take it off and you go in the media, it's like, oh, my God, it smells rank. Even San Jose Ice, the ice center in the South Bay, there's a sports bar in there called Stanley's. I know people because in the past we have tailgated at Stanley's before we went over to San Jose State Games because it's Giddy Corner to Spartan Stadium. I know people who won't go to San Jose Ice and go to Stanley's because of how bad it smells. I can attest I was just there this weekend. It's, I went to the Barracuda home finale. So it smells. You, know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. There's a, there's a hockey smell that – so knowing that how bad the gear – where am I going this? How bad can the Mandalorian's helmet smell if he never takes it off? <laughs> uh, didn't, I didn't think you were going there. Uh, like how bad could that be? Uh, yeah. Well, it's Star Wars. They don't like, – like I said, they don't eat. They don't bathe. Um, they don't. They barely drink. So he just, sleeps in it. That's what they want you to believe. Yes. All right. I have issues with this man. So we are taking the Mandalorian hat off. Helmet. Helmet. It. Whatever. Off Kotze, and Mark Kotze will join us on Friday. We're giving him today off. We screwed up on Friday. Time change. Today, I said, you know, take a breather. We'll talk to you Friday. So we'll talk to Mark Kotze on Friday when the Athletics get back. So you've got the A's having lost four in a row up against the Orioles, who have lost two in a row. Both these teams looking at this series. I mean, a four-game set's big. I mean, it's a long series where you're like, you know, split okay, but whoever wins this series feeling good about themselves, whoever loses this series, you've got – you got fire alarm bells going off. I mean, that's just that's reality. Early on in the season, it is just are you going to panic? Yep, that's that that is where we are. Especially I mean, if you're an Orioles fan and you heard your general manager say in the offseason and late last year that they were going to spend this off. What is his last name? Uh, Elias. Ah. Huh. No relation. You sure? Yeah, I'm sure. He seems cheap. He seems like he's not going to spend money. I think I still have his comments somewhere in here. Let's see if we can find them. About what I, he was going to. About how they were going to spend, yeah. Yeah. I know I have it somewhere. He was on Sirius XM. Yeah, here we go. Let me just get it ready to queue up the play here. This is Mike Elias, the general manager of the Baltimore Orioles, talking about the Orioles spending. Well, well remember, Orioles got hot. Orioles shocked everybody. Like, all of a sudden – they're in the hunt, and they weren't going to chase down the Yankees because the Yankees were too far away, but they were in the hunt for a wild card. They trade their closer. They trade their their longtime bat, which got everybody loved Trey Mancini, the story coming back from cancer. They trade him, and they basically gave up, and it affected the team. 
But in the offseason, it was like, okay, Charm City, you've started to come back. People are fired up in Baltimore. You you know, you've been rebuilding now for years. At some point, you got to say, hey, we're not rebuilding. We're looking to win. You got pieces. I mean, Adley Rushman, this guy, so far this season, he's hitting 389, a 1,032 OPS, two dingers. By the way, this is all against left-handed pitching. Yeah. I didn't realize he stinks against right-handed yeah. pitchers, which is the good news. We're throwing three straight lefties. That's his strength. But, yeah, uh, let me. can I give you a player that um, you prospect people? Can I call you a prospect person? Sure. You love your prospects. Yeah, I know, you're, I know where you're going with this. This guy, who am I going with? Gunnar Henderson. How's old Gunnar doing? Remember, flowing hair, he's gorgeous. Oh, my <laughs> God, this guy. Yeah, he, he, didn't he make his debut against us? He might have, to be honest. Remember, he got the hit and the helmet's coming off every ep. I mean, he's the guy that every single time he hits it and he runs out of the box, the helmet comes off and the hair's flowing. Not that I'm jealous. Good for him. But everybody, I mean, this guy is going to be the greatest player we've ever seen. Look at the hair. Struggling a little bit this year. You think he's struggling? You said he was great. I had him in the Hall of Fame already. Yeah, he's a three true outcome player for sure, my friends. He's hitting 148, a 639 OPS. That's so higher than Alex Bregman. 639. Is that a good OPS for you uh, analytics people? No, but it's better than Bregman. So, Gunner um, has hit a homer, and he's walked, and he's struck out a ton. A couple three, walks, ton of strikeouts. Three trial comes are still alive. Yeah. We're still at, we're still overrating these players. And tomorrow, I think, uh, their other – yeah, Grayson Rodriguez is their other guy, their other top guy he's pitching tomorrow. So, is Gunner – you're going to slow down on Gunner a little bit? Maybe to, maybe to give him a couple of days off. All right. It's early. <laughs> yeah. It's early. Well, no, it's not. We, as we found out with the Astros, we'll get to later. Not early for them. Why, why, why the Astro? We could do a. I here's my tease. Why the Astros could be the team where you can say it's early. Yeah. And do I and and do I do my new PR perch for the uh, pitch for the Angels? It's it's a political spin, and he's scared. He's scared. I think we say it before we get to the Astros. I got a, I got a, no Angels. I got a new idea for the Angels. Oh no, I'm saying but when we talked about the Astros. Oh the yes. Oh, I know. I got to do this today. Oh, no, I'm saying we, we, it may be the one. When we pay off your tease about the Astros, you can, you can the Astros could be the one team we honestly could say you could honestly cover them. Say it's early. Everybody, R E L A X. Relax. Relax. Thank you, Aaron Rodgers. As the Cal Bear once said. All right, we had Cody Elias's uh, cousin who runs the Baltimore Orioles said this in the offseason. Our plan for this offseason has always been to significantly escalate the payroll. I think a lot of that's going to come through our own guys going into arbitration, but also we plan to explore free agency much more aggressively. We plan to maybe make some buy trades for some guys that are either on contracts or kind of in the tail end of their arbitration. Um, and, I think that the success in the first half that this team has had so far has only cemented those plans. So I'm really looking forward to the off season and kind of a winter meetings environment where we we're, were, there. we're buying. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun for 
our group and for the organization. So you hear the typing in the background. I'm yeah, pretty who? sure that's, uh, that was on Farron. You can Farron's notorious for you can hear typing in the background when they do their show. Really? I'm throwing Farron on the bus. I'm going to wow. say I think it was Farron. Be a pro, Farron. We don't need to hear your, your keyboard. Um, I was at the winter meetings. Were you at the winter meetings? I was there too, yes. I don't remember them signing anybody. Uh, their big signings pitching tonight. That's not a signing. Well, then their standards was. Kyle Gibson. Oh, was that's their right. Big signing. I was thinking of Cole Irvin. Yeah, Kyle Gibson's Kyle their big Gibson. guy. Big signing. Cole Irvin's pitching th- uh, Thursday. The old Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson year. has won each of his two starts, defeating the Red Sox on opening day, and then the Rangers. He went seven innings. I almost need to give him an award. Last Orioles pitcher to win his first three starts of a season. And it's a Mariner and Pirate legend, Eric Bedard. 2006, you got to go back to. But, yeah, they haven't done much, so we'll see. Because that, 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 the AL East is absolutely loaded. Big news, though, today from the A's world. I hope we don't oversell this. I'm excited about it. I think a lot of people, if you followed AAA, if you followed spring training, and you followed the assembly of the roster at the start of the season, you might have been a little shocked. You might have been a little shocked that Kevin Smith did not make the roster. Kevin Smith, I got to interview last year's spring training. Remember when we told the story about uh, Little League? The all-star team was green and gold, so he had all this green and gold stuff, and that always remind that was like the colors always remind him of something mm-hmm. special of his youth. And he just he just stunk when he started the season. Then he got hurt, slid into first base, sent him down, and Fran Reardon told us this spring when we asked him about it, it's like he was brutal. Like he just lost it. For some reason, lost it. Then the, then made changes, stuck with the changes, and was a monster the last month of the year. Just a monster. And everybody goes, well, you know, it's AAA, the numbers, okay. Can't, can't debate it. Sky Bolt looked like Mickey Mantle down there. <laughs> Where is Sky Bolt? He's a brewer. He's a brewer? He was when the season started. I don't know if he's still there now. but So... What could you take from that? Well, let's see what he does in spring training. Well, all he did in spring training was kill it in spring training. He hit like 395. He was fantastic. And then what do they say? Ah, it's spring training numbers. Well, I mean, all you can do is ask a guy to produce. Whether he's playing here or the moon, all you can ask him to do is produce. You, you put him in an environment he's got to play. So then now he goes down. 300, five dingers, 12 RBIs in seven games for Vegas. Also four steals. So let's go. Seth Brown goes on the IL, which is uh, a left oblique strain, which does that hurt the predictions of who will hit the most home runs for the A's this year? Because an oblique, obliques are the only thing you can do for obliques. There's certain, there's certain things that you can rehab. But 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 the but really the number one thing along with the rehab is rest, right? Obliques, hamstrings, you just they need time. And if you rush it, it's bad idea. Because you rush it, hurt again, you're now playing with this injury for months, could be a season. 
So Seth Brown's going to be out a while. Yeah, that's going to throw off a well, majority of people. Oh, my my, predi- my prediction still hasn't hit a home run yet, so I can't. I'm out of the race as it is. But neither Seth, is mine. Seth Brown does have one, right? Is he one or two? He's one. One, yeah. J- who, Ramon's leading the team, right? With two. Ramon has, yeah, I think he's got two. And by the way, career against Gibson going in tonight. If you go player of the game, Ramon, six of his hits are extra base hits this year. Two home runs, four doubles. Career against Gibson, five thirty-three, so he sees him well. That's a, that would have been Gibson was a twin and Ranger, I would assume, probably more so a Ranger. So, Kevin Smith, by the way, and I and I, and I want you tonight to really pay attention to the lineup. I think it's going to speak volumes when you see where Kevin Smith is playing. When you want to go a little inside baseball, sometimes it's better for you to figure it out. Sometimes you need to figure out what's going on. Just when you watch the game tonight, just pay attention to where Kevin Smith is playing. Lineups are out, right? Yeah. And I just put it up right here. I have have it. You know what? I have it scrolling right here on the ticker now, too, again. Kevin Smith. You got it on the ticker? Yeah. You'll see on the ticker right there, Kevin Smith's playing shortstop. Kind of kind of should, like, tell you something. That an outfielder went on the I.L. Because he hasn't played infield yet this year. Brownie. Oh, he, he, I don't think he's played for, he didn't play first base in spring training. Didn't play first base. In, I don't – did he ever ne- – he just never played it? Remember they – I thought they said they were going to work him in a game, but – I can't remember if you That's kind of when we got into – Split squads, and I i don't i don't recall him playing first base. Yeah, I don't either. Where's Johnny D when you need him? Like, I've never needed Johnny D. Johnny D, where are you <laughs> when we need Johnny D, text us. I can text Johnny during when he He should be up. listening. Johnny D, text us. Did he ever play first base? But the fact that you sent an outfielder to the IL and replaced him with a – infielder who you projected at third, but Chad Elvis last year. You now have had Diaz, which defensively Diaz is okay. And I know the soft throw to second base in the fourth inning, people are going to remember. Allen just hasn't hit. Kind of interesting that you bring a guy up and the first place he plays is shortstop. When I point to you, you want me to speak? Shortstop. Did you ever see the movie Moneyball? Yeah, it's a pretty good movie. Uh, Peter shortstop. Brand. Uh, me? You want me me to yeah. talk? When I point at you, yeah. Yeah, shortstop. Shortstop. Is that interesting? I think so, yeah. Because you have a guy in Diaz who you want to play there, and you have Nick Allen, but you said he, he hasn't hit. So here he is, first game. So wait, let me get this right. An outfielder goes down. You bring an infielder up and an infielder to play shortstop when you already have two guys who have played shortstop for you this year. Yeah, I mean, I guess because I mean, if you want to look at it one way, Diaz can play left field, but he's not tonight. He's DHing. So, I mean, did you really get Diaz? I mean, yes, versatility is the name of the game, but did you really get Diaz to play outfield? No, yeah, I'm playing the infield. So I'm just Maybe saying, the DH. DH for the Astros. A's fans, wink, wink. Look at the lineup tonight; it speaks volumes. 
By the way, uh, we haven't even mentioned Link Soul yet. I have the new one of the new uh, pullovers. I wore that one for uh, no uh, one of the games last week, and then I'm wearing the one you. Wore. I love this one. This yeah. one. This one says beach. This one says vacation to me. It says golf too. It says dinner too. But I think like this would be like perfect for the beach. Go to linksoul.com, the new clother of Ace Cash. You're gonna love everything. Whether you want to go shorts, pants, t-shirts, polos, pullovers, hoodies, they got it. High class, great style. Did you just text me? Yeah, I did. So I'm sending what Eno wanted to talk about when he joins. Actually, I'm gonna see if he's still okay. I mean, it's it, you know, it's funny. There's only two people that text me during the show. You sitting wife. next to me and my wife. Wife never knows when the show is, and you're sitting next to me. What does he want to get into? Oh, he wants to get into the sweeper. Okay, you're seeing this whole new thing, sweeper. It actually is ridiculous, okay? It's a new name for a slurve, okay? A, a, there's vertical and there's horizontal, correct? Correct. A curveball spins out of your hand and is more a vertical pitch. A slider is a fastball, essentially, with minimal break. Not a lot of break. Minimal break. That break would be more horizontal. Make sense? Yes. Now you have a pitch that guys will have that if they're not a over-the-top 12-6 curveball guy. For you A's fans, you remember Barry Zito's big curveball? But if you don't have the big curveball and you don't have the tight slider, but you have a more of a sweeping pitch, we always called it a slurve. Why would it be called a slurve? Because the way it curves like this? The but name slurve. It's a slider and curveball commixture. It's a slurve. Yeah. You have this pitch that's not quite a curveball. Not it's not a big enough downward break to be a curveball, and it's not a sharp enough break to be a slider. So what did we call it? We called it a slurve. Now they're calling it a sweeper. I don't know if sweeper is a is a uh, better name, but we will talk to Eno Saris about this before we bring on our national baseball columnist from The Athletic. Please play his open. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Eno Saris, how are you, my friend? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. How was... Naming the sandwich after you in New York. Oh my gosh, it was so much fun. We we had like a uh, hundred and fifty people come out, and uh, we we really uh, we we had a long Q and A session with with writers like Ken Rosenthal and stuff, and and, and uh, Evan Drellick, and all these people came out, and uh, the beer we kicked the keg. 
uh, of my beer and we ate all the sandwiches. And uh, I also uh, did a lot of research on a story that I pitched to my editor, which was three days, five sandwiches, 10 beer bars, two baseball games, New York City. And so that story will be coming to the page of the athletic shortly. <laughs> well, when you're when you're in New York City, there is never a shortage of anything. Yeah, yeah. Whatever yeah. you want, whatever whatever it is in life you want, you will find in New York City and you will find a lot of it. Can can I tell you something that was amazing though that I read uh, while I was on the subway in, in New York City? Go ahead. Ben Lindbergh wrote a piece on the athlete, on the on the ringer and in it he showed us the real true history of the pitch clock and this is something I did not know and he's he's so good at this sort of thing the pitch clock the rule for the pitch clock was already in the rule book there was before the pitch clock ever existed there was already a rule about 20 seconds this is enforcement. It's not a new rule. And in fact, in the history of baseball, there have been three times where baseball has tried to use the pitch clock in the past. And we're talking about like 1930s and 1940s. They tried to do the pitch clock. So I I think it's just interesting because there was a lot of people saying like, this isn't baseball. Yes. This is a, this is a new rule. This is Manfred ball, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, this this is the rule that's already in the books. It's just enforcement. <laughs> that's all we're talking about. Well, just think how ridiculous it is that years ago they made the change in the 70s to the DH and how people were up in arms. <laughs> and the National League people, this will never happen in the National League. This is not real baseball. The real baseball is how the National League plays. And I would point out all the time going, okay, think about think about my age and how many years – it was that I played baseball. I played baseball my entire life all the way through college. The DH was always there. The DH was there, and it's been here my entire career as a broadcaster. The DH is in high school. The DH is at all levels of college, from all the way from Division One all the way down to community college. It's at every minor league level, and it's at the American League. It's in the American League. So when National League people would say to me, that real baseball is with the Nat. I'm like, wait a minute. Every level. Where is real baseball then? <laughs> every every level from high school all the way to the American League. The only people who don't use the DH are the National League, and you guys think you're the right way. It's just baseball people. It's 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 amazing how there can be some super really smart people, but it just goes to show that when it comes to your love for sports and how you view sports, doesn't always mean you're the smartest when it comes to that. And when I think of like people are like worried about that we may lose these special moments, I'm like, hey, no offense, but football has the most special moments that we have. The Super Bowl moments are bigger than everything. Everything is timed. We just did this whole thing about the last dance. We always revert back to Michael Jordan. Every single great play Michael Jordan made in the NBA or even his great shot to win the national championship in North Carolina was under a clock. Like, save it. Save it. I think that what we're just in the middle of, and and I have immense respect for for this because it's just difficult when you're in the middle of it. We're in the middle of a recalibration. 
Yeah. You know, we're just trying to get used to a new thing. And so how, whatever the process is, if they want to yell first and then come slinking back to baseball later, that's fine. If they want to say they'll never watch again, I just, what I say is, can you just at least go to one game with the pitch clock? Can you just go, can you go and before you say goodbye to a sport you've loved, like go, just go to a game with the pitch clock and, and see how much you really care by the, by the time you leave. They're not going, you know, they're not going anywhere because we've seen like in our business, the people who bitch the most are the (laughs) most loyal people. The people who can remember, remember what was Howard Stern's movie? What was that? What was the movie? Private parts, not private parts. <laughs> but 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 they they had those numbers when when Howard was number one, especially private parts. I mean, <laughs> no, the movie about is about. I just typed in Howard Stern movie, and the first thing that was up is private parts. <laughs> not, you're, you're, what, 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 but what it showed was the people, and and it, and and it's and it, and it's the same thing whether it's Howard Stern or it's Limbaugh. What we have known in terrestrial radio is the people who hate you more, listen longer, are and are even more loyal as listeners. <laughs> well, so my 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 point about the the big moments, I think is that we're recalibrating now and once we recalibrate we won't notice it that's that's been what we've heard from yeah, the minor leagues yeah maybe it leagues. was private parts i apologize was that what yeah. it was called yeah but yeah that yeah. <laughs> sorry go ahead but i just think that once we recalibrate those big moments the, the what happens in those big moments is that the the year i think people are right to think that like time goes away and that they and that they seem so big right and in those moments it's all frozen like i can see Jordan pushing Byron Russell. <laughs> I can see that in my head because in that moment I was glued to the screen and like, and yes, it wasn't timed. It was slow. It was almost slow because it was, it was happening in slow motion. because It was so important. It was that big moment. And so people might look back at the Bryce Harper at bat last year against Robert Suarez and say, Oh, that was such a big moment. And there's pitch clock violation. Once we recalibrate ourselves to the pitch clock, we're going to we're going to see next we're going to see these playoffs the same way. I don't think we'll see by the time the playoffs roll around, we won't feel rushed. We won't think it's rushed. We'll be like, "Oh, this is a big moment here." And we'll still feel the same way, and it'll slow down in our heads, and it'll be like the the shot over Byron Russell, like it'll still have that same gravitas and it'll still kind of slow down for you because it's the playoffs and everything matters more. But, you know, I, I, I could see that, like, in the middle of a recalibration, people are like, oh, this is too fast. I, myself, have had to change some of my habits of how I watch baseball. I have to watch it more intently now. I have to sort of set aside time to watch it. I can't just do 8 million things while I'm watching it. Because... It, it, it's changing my daily because a lot of people don't realize how much I work throughout the day. So... By the time I get done with this show, then I got to do pregame. Once I get done with pregame, I used to have at least an hour buffer because I do two different hits during the game. (laughs) People may not realize that. So I used to have time to, once the show is over, I've thrown it to Ken and Vince. I could go down to the meal room and eat. I I had the first three innings always took well over an hour. Now, boom, 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 there's my third inning hit. Well, then, in the past, I now had at least 45 minutes from the third to the fifth inning. My hits are coming like this, man. And before you know it, game's over. Here's the post-game show. It's like, it's like, wow. Imagine, 
imagine if you were a pitcher. So I'm looking into this right now, and it's just a preview of the piece but because there's a lot more going on. But one thing that I can tell you is pitchers are not throwing slower. They're not throwing slower overall. They're throwing faster again for the millionth year in a row. They're not throwing fast. They're not throwing slower with runners on base where, you know, the clock is different. They're not throwing faster runners on runners on base or runners not on base. They're not throwing slower in the fifth or sixth inning. In fact, they're throwing faster again in the fifth or sixth inning. So they're not, and their third, third, third time through the order penalty is not worse now. So the pitch clock has not had an effect yet on results in terms of like um, stuff velocity Man. stuff command i i i have not seen it there i think the long-term questions are, are different ones not so much about velocity but about other things i almost spit up my coffee this morning i don't know if you were watching white Sox against the twins on mlb network rocco baldelli kenta maeda's on the mound did kenta maeda turn 35 is it today He's about to turn 35. I had in the note somewhere. Rocco Baldelli was worried that, you know, older pitchers, you know, we're acting like these guys are now like 55 or 65 because <laughs> they're having to work. And Max Scherzer's complaining, oh, my God, I mean, I'm a little out of shape. What? You, you, the pitch clock is affecting – I mean, it's just, it, it just like if you're using that as an excuse, you got a problem. Well, that, that 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 is a good a good thing for me to query. I'll try I'll try pitchers over thirty five and see if their velocity is going down in the fifth inning. That's uh, well, at least worth worth looking at. One but thing I, one thing I'm noticing, and you know, you and I have talked about it, and I've been saying this now. We're at this tipping point of bullpen usage versus starter usage, where you could see with the A's, and you start looking around baseball when you got teams out of the gate. Their bullpens are pitching more innings than their starters. That is a major, major problem. And how does this really affect you now? Disaster, but really turns into a mountain of a problem as you get later in the season. Yeah, we have as much as a 15 to 16 inning difference between uh, teams like Oakland and Detroit. Uh, who have barely gotten to 40 innings out of their out of their starters in in nine games? Um, I don't have to, you don't have to be too good at math to figure out that's not even five innings <laughs> uh, a game. Uh, and then at the top end, the Royals and Padres and Dodgers are getting have gotten 54 uh, innings plus out of their guys. Um, a little bit of a, of a of a game differential, but I think that the average is getting closer to five. And that's when that is a tipping point, and that's when it's going to get tough. Also, you know, <clears throat> what you're going to do is tax the players, the relievers in particular. Every pitch they throw makes them a little bit worse over the course of the season due to fatigue. And so, what you're doing is you're making it harder on your team in the postseason, maybe potentially when it comes to fielding a healthy bullpen, you know. So there's definitely a lot of things going on there. I think that generally uh, they might be correct in that I think the rule changes across the board favor younger players because we're talking about defense. Defense peaks early. If you are now doing shift rules where you can't just stick an old guy at second base, Max Muncy is no longer going to really play much second base. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Mike Moustakis, who played second base, I think last year, is probably never going to play another inning at second base. 
And the reason is that second base now needs to be more of a defender. He needs to get to more places. What happens when you need to have defense at every place? You need to have athleticism at every place. That means you're going to have younger players. And I, I don't know. I think that's a, a trend that goes across all sports, honestly. Yes, we want, we want part of defense is 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 the beauty of the athleticism jumping and, and, and being we want to see that and... it's like in basketball no one wants to watch teams play zone because when you're playing zone you're hiding defenders who are not that great that's why you play mm. zone bring everybody in we're going to play a zone make everybody shoot from the outside no we want everybody to play one-on-one because that's more beautiful basketball it's more athleticism we don't want to see just the kicks we need to see the drives you know we yeah. want to see the we want to see the one-on-one defense we, inside. we we don't want to. We don't want to see people hidden. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that uh, I think so far, I would say the rules are a success. Yeah, I would. Uh, the the batting average on grounders is up. Uh, we're seeing more singles. Uh, weirdly, we're seeing uh, some more homers too. So I think that's something to unpack. Um, but uh, generally, we're seeing more singles. We're seeing a little bit more offense. We're definitely seeing less time between pitches, and I think that's something that's good for baseball. Haven't we seen launch angle down just a tick, too, in some places? Yeah, I wonder. Let me see if I can do that quickly. I know. I had some report on that. I think Mike Petriello put something out on that. League stats. I can do this pretty quickly. But, uh, yeah, I think that jit batters are beginning to uh, change their approach a little bit because – I, I know that last year batters were starting to see that, oh, yeah, launch angle is down. Yeah. That's uh, that's interesting. I think part of that would be to to go after those hits. Uh, part of that is also that the the opposite field fly ball, the opposite field fly ball is not producing homers like it used to. So you've got guys like Tommy Pham and J.D. Martinez talking about maybe I need to pull uh, all of my barrels because the opposite field barrels aren't going out of the park. And then part of that is if the defenders are in different places and their singles they're waiting for you, why not hit some of those singles? Well, and what they say is maybe we're starting to see also a little bit of a two-strike approach. Mm. Which yeah, oh that would God, take more research than I can do here really quickly. It, but you is, can't is say that, that is that a dirty is that a dirty thing a two-strike approach? Yeah, it's just it's just <laughs> a harder harder one because you have to compare everybody against against themselves. But yeah, we've seen a, that's a whole half. Of a uh, of a, a degree of launch angle, that's the biggest uh, year over year change uh, so far in the Statcast era. So I got I got I got to ask you about the new pitch. It's really not a new pitch. I mean, I'm a I'm a dinosaur when it comes to pitching. Back in my day, as we like us Clint Eastwood old guys get off my lawn, we called a pitch in between. It's you know vertical and horizontal. A, a a big curveball versus a, a sharp breaking slider. The in between we called a slurve, half slurve, half curveball. It's a mm-hmm. big sweeping pitch that didn't have the downward break of a curveball, but didn't have the tight spin, as they say, the dot that hitters see that in the slider. So we called it a slurve. Is that now what the the new pitch, the sweeper, which we're seeing on the scoreboard? Yeah, the sweeper is an interesting pitch. I think that it, uh, the way that it's, I think it is like the slurve in that it is generally sort of 80 to 86 and has two plane and has that kind of two plane movement. Yeah. But the, the, the difference between, I think, what we saw as slurves before and what we're calling sweepers now is this is basically a riding slider. 
And so what happens with this pitch is it has seam shifted uh, wake effects, but instead of on the sinker and the changeup, seam shifted wake is just a, a thing where the seams interact with the air and push the ball in a certain direction. And with sinkers and changeups, it pushes them down. With the sweeper, it pushes it up. So you basically throw a slider that looks like it's going to break down, and it doesn't. But it's, it's not physically able to break up because of gravity. It's just not breaking right. down as much. It's a riding slider. It just doesn't break as much down as people yeah. think. So, because I, I always want to be careful that with people, because oh, it's a riding <laughs> fastball. People think the fastball guy. Gravity yeah. does not work that way. Every whatever goes up has to go down. Right. I mean, you're not. You can with a beach ball. <laughs> you can demonstrate it. You can demonstrate with a beach ball, right? If you throw the beach ball from right behind it, it goes up, right? Or 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 the old wiffle ball that only had the the, the holes yeah. on the one side. You can make yeah. that go up. You can make that one go up. Yeah. But that's the same basic effect. But yes, with the baseball, the way because of the way it's shaped and what it is, yes, it has to go down. But on a riding slider, it does go down. It just doesn't go down as much as hitters expect. So if you watch a guy and it, and the the announcer saying he throws a good sweeper, what you will see, and you can look for this when you watch. You'll see batters swing under the slider, which is not normal. You know, normally when you see a slider, you see a guy swing over the top of it because it's it's diving below it. So right? how are they are they doing this with grip? It's uh it's it's yeah, it's grip. It's grip. It's a little bit it's a little bit of mechanics. You gotta you got you throw it like a sideways curveball. So it is a slurve in that way. It's you a throw hard it like a sideways sl- curveball, so you release slurve? it. You you release it out front and you kind of like you kind of do it like a sideways curveball, but you have to get the grip right so that the seams catch the air in a certain way. And instead of going down, it kind of stays up. So it's a very sideways single plane. It's almost like a cutter, but it's got bigger movement than a cutter. It's very big in the model in the data. It's very big movement. If you stand behind home plate, you'll see it's a very sideways, very big movement, but very sideways, not down. Have we ever seen a pitch in baseball where that's not a fastball that to get guys out, the hitters would swing under it? That's that's it's a bit of a new one. I think that that's why it's almost more similar to a cutter. Yeah, because you'll you'll see guys swing under a cutter, especially if, if you're trying to get it up and in on a lefty. You'll see it. You'll see it go up in there. But it's not cutters are usually like if your fastball is ninety five, your cutters, what eighty nine, ninety. You know, um, and if your fastball is ninety five, your sweeper is eighty five. If you got a good one, that's fascinating. So we have a new pitch to watch. All right, we 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 got to cut this a little bit short. Uh, Cole Irvin is going to join us from Baltimore. They're lining up there. So at sorry Yards. about the about the the the, the internet earlier. I, I got that cleaned up. Next time won't it won't be a problem. No, hey, you are the best. You mean a lot to this show, and the fact that I, I can call you a friend from the standpoint that you not only have a beer named after you, you have a sandwich <laughs> named after you. I mean, that's if just, only you were still drinking beer, I'd get you some. That just shows you how big time you are. <laughs> well, I'll see you on the park on Friday. All right, buddy. See ya. Eno Saris, do we have time to play his uh, his outro? Go ahead, play it. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. All right, buddy, take care. See you Friday. See Eno Saris, our national baseball columnist from The Athletic. Yes. 
now has not only a beer named after him, has a sandwich named after him. That's when you know you're going good. Uh, Joining us in moments, we are waiting as they've lined up. It looks like some room in uh, at Camden Yards. Cole Irvin is going to join us. As we always said, friend of the program, you know, when he was traded, it was one of those where, you know, you hate to see certain guys go that you really like, and you also hate to see guys go that were truly friends of the program. And Cole Irvin was a friend of the program. And uh, Cody was always really good to us. And he was one of those guys, not as much as like Liam Hendricks, but would stop by all the time, even though we hadn't gone through PR, we hadn't gone through it. He'd walk by and put a headset on him. Yeah, I talked to him a lot on the field, mainly this before the pitch timer was a thing. Him and I would talk about his tempo because he's one yeah. of the fastest workers in baseball. And he promised us he can get us a game in under two hours, so we're holding him to it. He pitches Thursday. Can can he get us under two hours? Oh, I think there's no question. If it's not again, I mean, just I just want to see him do it overall. I know it doesn't, doesn't be against the A's. Just just do it this year. Sandy Alcantara did it in an hour and fifty seven minutes. Not comparing Cole to Sandy Alcantara, but uh, Sandy's pitching tonight as well. But I, I think he could totally totally do it. You know the 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 sweeper. Now that makes sense because I was trying to, you know, it's just basically a slur. Are they just renaming it? No, it's harder. So since you're throwing it harder, I got to see what the grip is. But since you're throwing it harder, you're having less of the vertical break. So basically, it's just a sideways pitch. Now, always remember when we are talking about pitching and the way – the way the pitch is coming out of the hand. Everything will come down. Nothing defies gravity. No matter what they would say with certain guys' fastballs, oh, that fastball felt like it was riding, it was coming up. It's not. It's physics. It's None of that is true. Nolan Ryan's fastball, when it came out of his hand and as it got to home plate, was riding up. It's a right. Dwight Gooden had a, had a riding fastball. No, it's not how gravity works. Whatever comes out of a pitcher's hand will come down. It will slow down and come down as it's heading to the plate. Gravity has not changed. Last time I checked. Uh, it hasn't. And uh, the Orioles PR just told me Cole has a quick meeting and then he's going to jump on with us. So he No forgot. problem. So we have plenty of time until uh, Cole jumped. They'll, say they'll send me a text, too, so we just don't. But I find that, I mean, think about that. In an era where the pitch timer is not, has nothing to do with the way you call pitches. That's because of the Astros and all the other teams, and yes, there were other teams cheating. So stealing signs has been a part of the game for a long time, but once you started stealing signs a la camera, Apple Watches, once you started using electronics, that changed the game, right? So now you start thinking about how many pitches a guy could have. Fastball. Well, a fastball can be a four-seamer. It can be a two-seamer. Where am I throwing it? You know, do I have a curveball? Do I have a slider? Do I have a changeup? Do I have a split? Now I got a sweeper. I mean, how many buttons are you going to have? I mean, that's – and you got to get it in with the time. But adding a new pitch, a sweeper, because I know Fuji throws it. Maybe Fuji needs to throw some more sweepers. Should we look up his uh, – look, look up his baseball savant page and see what his pitch usage is. Because I've seen – because you see now 
What I love about our scoreboard, and you see it in other scoreboards, and they do it like NBC Sports California, our boss Delaire has up there, it'll tell you the pitch after a guy throws it. Do they even have the sweeper? Yes, yes they do. he's thrown it nine times, and he's given up. Actually, he's he's had one at bat, and he's thrown it uh, nine times, and he gave up one. The guys are one for one. It's actually his best pitch is a split finger. Opponents are only hitting 125. Oh, split's nasty. 125. How, how fast is Fuji's sweeper? Uh, 84 miles an hour. Yeah, so it's not like this devastating, you know, because cutters, sliders can be, a, I mean, can be anywhere between 88 and 92. So it's 84, but they figured out that the, the break is just going sideways. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, everybody always swings over the baseball. You don't swing under the baseball. To think that we now have a pitch where guys swing under it because everything normally is going down, you swing on top of it. And when you hit a ground ball, you're hitting the top of the baseball so it goes into the ground. Now to think that you're swinging over, you're swinging under the baseball, it's kind of crazy to think. Yeah. Well, the way the way the game keeps evolving and all these pitches, there's other pitches. There. You mentioned uh, uh, Senga's ghost fork ball. Ghost fork. I wonder what I wonder what the net stats are on that one. As a way for Colervin, I can never I can never spell his first name. How do you spell his first name? I'm not even gonna try that. Uh, there it is. I got it. We'll see what his K O D I A K O D A I A I. Yeah. Coda Singa. Yeah. He's. Let's see what his. Uh, let's see if they even list ghost fork ball on here. They actually they say he throws a four seam, a fork, a sweeper, and a cutter. Uh, his ghost fork ball opponents are hitting a whopping point seventy one. Yeah, I guess it's it. impressive. So new pitches in baseball. I like that. I like that because we've seen the sweeper on the scoreboard. Uh, Otani's got a sweeper now. I wonder how they like. How do they know? That should be you know that can. We got to figure out. We I, I don't know who we go to. Do we go to Justin Marshall? Justin Justin's got to run to control him, so he'd be the person that could point. Yeah, us like in the right how direction. do you know? Like how do you know the difference? Like how big of a difference? I mean, just look at baseball savant. I'm sure the real difference between an actual slider and a sweeper isn't that dramatic. So how do you know when it comes out? You immediately know it comes out of his hand. You can put on the scoreboard: is this a slider or a sweeper? I'm or just, if it's a cutter. I'm just looking at the. Uh, or are you just guessing? I'm looking at the re- uh, revolutions per minute. Is that what it is? Um, 2,697 on Kodai, Sen- Kodai Senga's sweeper for Fuji, 2,078. So there's a vast difference in the spin on their ball when they throw their sweeper. So their two sweepers are dramatically different. Correct. Uh, Senga's is, spins a lot more than Fuji's does. So how do they know on the scoreboard which pitch it is if a lot See, of these pitches – are very similar. Do we know if it's them or is it the people that sit next to us in our booth that are controlling the pitch timer that, that put that up there? Well, they do that for the app. Hey, those guys sitting next to us who are working for MLB, they're drinking beers half the time, so I, I can't trust what they're doing. <laughs> I look over, they look like they're having a party every night. Uh, they're having a good time. Then all you hear is the guy with the clicking with the oh pitch timer. Oh, my God, the pitch timer. <laughs> deet, deet. I, you know what? I understand why they do that. Okay, the pitch timer guy, he's got a clicker. So every single time the ball comes back to the pitcher – he clicks the button, and it makes a beep, and we couldn't figure it out because it was right next to us. We're like, what is this beeping? Is that my phone? Is that one of our computers? And it was the guy next to us because the only thing separating us is plexiglass, right? But I understand that 
the noise, you got to do it so someone's on it, right? So every time he clicks it, it makes a noise. If you just clicked it and there was no noise, I mean, they're trying to make it as bulletproof and, or, or I should say idiot-proof as they possibly can. Yeah, and I'm trying – I think for the MLB app, I think they, they control that in there, like what the pitch type is on the app. But I think it's Justin's, Justin's team in the control room that's the controller. So we, we well, should, we have to be picking it up from StatCast, essentially. But how does StatCast know? Yeah, I could text Justin when Cole's on asking how we figured this out, how they get that, because this is inside – this is inside baseball. Oh, this baseball. is inside, <laughs> inside technology baseball. Yeah. Like, how are you able to even decipher the difference – immediately, and then to be able to get it on the scoreboard. I think fans would want to know that. That's yeah, interesting. Oh, uh, yeah. Once we get Cole, uh, I can text Fan- Cole. Cole's not, I don't believe, throwing a sweeper. Uh, should we? I mean, we could see what pitches Cole throws. But, yeah, I find that fascinating. We, I remember I used to always look at his pitches last year. And I like how we're getting into this in baseball. And I like how we're showing everybody this in baseball because we made – we made analytics, which basically a lot of those old analytics are just math equations. Now all this stuff is the stack cast, radar, it's data, and people can really enjoy it. You can really enjoy going to the ballpark and, and, and understanding. And you can go to a baseball savant, which can really explain it. And you can see what's happening on the scoreboard. I think baseball's doing a good job with that. We like that. And they're doing it in every sport. I mean, my God, basketball for years now, they've had a camera – that sits above the court, and it tracks all the movement of the players. I remember when we were, uh, when I was uh, working with Rick Buecher, and we we had to be at all those Warrior games every single day because he was the sideline guy, and they were giving us data, and they were tracking everything that a player does. They know how far he runs, they know how hard he's running, which is you know can mean sometimes we know you're uh, you're dogging it a little bit, but they know. I mean, they would know anyway just watching it, but now you have the data to go, bro, you're not playing hard. So th- they have everything. They monitor everything, and now we're doing the same. We know how much guys are running. If you're going from the dugout out to the outfield, how much you're running in the outfield, we know everything that a player is doing. And I think everybody is starting to really enjoy that because we know that's the kind of data that we live in with all of our jobs. I mean, there's not many companies that are not somehow directed or, or they don't use data whatsoever. Anybody running small businesses now? I mean, small businesses, we're all looking, looking at ways to be more functional, to help us make more money, to cut cost. And we pay people or you'll pay an app or you'll pay some type of technology to help make your business run better for you to make more money. I mean, everybody, technology has made our lives better. In some ways, it's made it worse, but in a lot of ways, it's made it better. And now utilizing technology in baseball, which has been going on for a long time, but showing the people so they can enjoy it helps with the product. Before, just everybody's like hiding technology was something that was not great for baseball. Now the fact that we're really kind of showing everybody and we're showing everybody the data makes it better. Do we have my man, Cole? Can we see him? <laughs> how, how are you, my friend? It's been a while. Good to see you guys again. I got to tell you, when we all shed a major tear when you got traded, we're all like, oh, no, not Cole Irvin. Uh, so we want you to know, everybody back with the A's, we miss you. 
Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I miss, I miss everyone over there. It's, it's, uh, you guys have always been good to me. So I always appreciate the positivity and stuff that you guys send my way, especially after getting traded here and all the, uh, you know, we will miss you and stuff from the fans. Um, that's something that I wasn't used to. So it, it definitely made me a little emotional, uh, when I was receiving those messages and, uh, man, it was such, such a great two years that I had over there and it felt, it felt so much longer <laughs> than just two years. Uh, cause we had such great, uh, you know, great connection and, um, you know, definitely, definitely miss uh, talking to you guys every day. You know, what's so interesting about coming over from Philly to Oakland is, is, and no matter what happens in your career and we hope you pitch a real long time, I think we'll always be able to say you found yourself as a professional in Oakland. Yeah, I did. I did. And there was a lot of things that I learned, uh, wearing the green and gold. Um, and there was something there, there's something prideful about it too. Um, that, that to me created this confidence, uh, to truly understand that I do have what it takes to be a big leaguer. And so, uh, for me that, that was the biggest thing that really, um, really kind of helped me turn a corner. Um, it was just the guys in the clubhouse in 21, um, really helped me understand just the day to day and understand, like, be yourself first. And that's something that, um, I will continue to kind of share with teammates that I have in the future. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, there was a lot of things that I, that I learned and just maintaining my body, taking the ball every fifth day, all those things, um, you know, that are, that you don't really think about, um, but getting that opportunity to do it um, in the A's uniform uh, is something that I'll, I will con- continue to cherish. You know, and there's one thing when people say, yeah, he can start. As you said, take the ball every five days. Can he give me 30 starts? Can he give me 200 innings? There's not a lot of guys that can do that. You learned how to do that. How big was it for you to actually forget what all of us think for you to believe inside you can be that guy? Um. It's it's funny because I find myself in these last two starts only going four plus innings. Uh, I'm frustrated with myself. So it's funny because it's like I know I can get deeper into ball games and I have that ability to. So it's like it's you know it's it's funny that I that like I have this confidence now that like okay I know that I I'm, that I can be here. I know that I am that I am a big leaguer. Now I'm like frustrated that I'm not performing to the capability that I can. Yeah uh, do. So, um, it's, it's been just, a, a over the past two years, just kind of a crazy mindset switch. Um, and that's the biggest thing, uh, that I think I take away most is that the mindset was a full on confidence builder. Uh, the focus, uh, from start to start was a really big one that I learned last year. Um, taking the ball and having the confidence to take the ball, but the focus in game pregame, I know my first innings didn't necessarily show it last season, but my focus was really there. Um, and pitch to pitch understanding the, uh, understanding the pitch to pitch focus that I needed to, to limit innings and, or not limit innings, limit hitters to, you know, open up big innings and and stuff like that. That was, that was huge. Um, so there's a lot of good things that, um, I know I will reflect my time on, but yeah, no, I think the 200 innings is still a goal of mine. Um, and we're still there. Um, trying to take the ball every fifth day is another, another one that we're trying to do. So, you know, the goals are still there. 
stay, still the same uh, attitude each day, having fun, enjoying what we do. This is a fun game. You know, now you're in the AL East, and we just got done playing the Rays. They're going to be tough. We know how tough this division's going to be. What is this change like going to the Orioles, and now you're going to be in the AL East? As the Orioles are, they've got something to prove. Yeah, we do. We do got something to prove here in, in Baltimore. Um, we got a really young team, no different from how Oakland was. Um, but the, but I think they took a big step last season. We saw it when you know we came beginning of September last year. And kind of got our teeth kicked in when we when when we played here against these guys. So I got to see it kind of firsthand. So it was kind of fun to, you know, get traded, come over to a team that that took a big step forward with a lot of with a lot of talent. And um, you know, the East is 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 a great division. Um, you know, Tampa's really good. New York, Boston uh, Toronto, um, you know, everyone seems to get better in this division. Um, but it's, it's funny because the big leagues is the big leagues. I think there's just as many good teams in the AL West as there is the AL East. Um, you know, the, the, the strength of schedule is going to be a little bit easier, I think on, on, on team travel, um, across the whole league. So I think that's going to play a huge part in a lot of teams that, um, are fighting for a, a wild card this year. Um, but I think all in all, I think being able to pitch against the angels, uh, the Astros, um, I think I made six starts against them last year. Like every start uh, against them. Yeah. Um, so I think the talent is, I mean, you have to be able to perform and pitch in the big leagues to stay in the big leagues. And, and so, um, my last two starts have been against AL East opponents and they've, um, put some good, you know, at bats together to keep me getting into the fifth or sixth inning. So, um, you know, I'm learning a little bit about, you know, what it takes to pitch in this division. And that's, that's just the learning curves of, of moving around is, is every division is going to be a little different. The opponents, you know, that you don't typically face, you know, week in and week out are, are going to be a little bit, you know, there's going to be a learning curve. So I, I think I'm going through that learning curve. I'm figuring out what it takes to pitch in this, in this division. Um, and I got a little bit of a wake up call these past two starts. All right, before we let you go, we know you got to get out of here, but this Adley Rushman kid is something special. I mean, he's already off to just a terrific start. We know the year he had last year. You've gotten to know him now, spring training, played with him for a couple of weeks. Just how good is he? He's great. He's um, every bit of the word professional um, that you can get. Uh, he, he, he does his homework. Um, he's an incredible player. But I think more importantly, what I've been most impressed with is just who the type of person he is. Um, you would think that a, a kid with his talent and, and ability on the field, there would be a little bit more of like a confidence and or overconfidence on the field, but no, or off the field. And he's every bit of a down to earth human being you could get, you could get. Um, I tried starting a little bit of some, you know, tension for Oregon state, Oregon stuff. <laughs> and, and I, and I felt bad because he's such a nice guy. And I, and I really enjoy, uh, I just really enjoy being around him, talking with him. Um, and he's a great teammate. So, uh, we're going to, we'll, we'll definitely come football season. We'll definitely, uh, have some conversations, um, about some, about some, uh, football, but 
yeah, it's uh, so far, so far, it's been great to throw to him. He's extremely confident and smart behind the dish, and he really knows what he's doing. And and it, it helps to have uh, James McCann by his side too, who's a really equally uh, equally great person and incredible professional. Yeah, we both know you Oregon people really look down on Oregon State. Let's be honest. <laughs> Let's be honest. I, I know. Yeah, we kind of we kind of ha- have to. That's just, in, <laughs> that's just in, the, that's in the language in Oregon. Hey, speaking for the fans and speaking for myself, you were so good to us here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live. We miss you to death. It was just heartbreaking when we heard you got traded. I mean, there might be times we're just gonna have to call you up later in the season. To, to get a Pac-12 preview of what's going on in college football. I mean, we're going to miss – we miss seeing you. We're going to miss talking to you every day. I know, I know. I'm going to miss talking to you guys too. We'll definitely have to do a Pac-12 preview for football season. Yeah. Put me down on the calendar for that. Uh, I'm in. I'll do some homework. I'll come in with some stats this time around and see what we can come up with and have some fun with it. But, uh, no, thanks for having me. Thanks for always, you know, you guys being good to me and, and, and always speaking highly um, and, and just to the fans, I, I really appreciate everything that you guys did and, and um, just gave me the confidence to be a big leaguer. Let me go through my ebbs and flows of pitching. And, you know, I had some not so good starts and had some really good starts. And, but uh, there was a lot of pride that, that I took wearing, wearing green and gold and the number 19, um, for Oakland. And, um, it's something that I, that will, I will always carry with me. So, um, I'm excited to get back to Oakland and see some fans and, and see some people that, um, I got to interact with day to day. And, um, so, but thank you for everything. It, it, it was, it, I really enjoyed my time. Yeah. You're a class act and you'll always be an A and we'll always remember you as a great A and we're always going to be rooting for you. Be well. And we'll talk soon. Sounds good, Chris. Good talking to you. Cole Irvin, man. Love that guy. Love that guy. God, it pained me, pained me when I heard he got traded. I, I was. And we still haven't even figured out how to say the guy's name. He was traded. Hernays, Hernays. Hernays, yeah, Hernays. Is it Hernays? Hernays. Uh, I know he's in double A. I, I saw he had a good game the other day, and I'm rooting for that guy. But, man, trade Cole or hurt. I I Let me explain why. As you can tell from that interview, we had a great relationship with Cole. But also, let me bring this up. In recent A's history, how many guys have started 30 times in two straight years? I'll wait for it. Um, I'm gonna go I'll th- wait for it. I'm going to go with not many. If I had to pick any over the last, I'll give you anybody. I mean, I mean, how far back are we going? Not Dave Stewart and Bob Welch. Tim Hudson. Not the big three. That's too far. Okay. Two. Oh, that's almost old school baseball now. Uh, I almost said, I almost said Barty, but he had the suspension, so I'm going to throw him out. Uh, Brandon McCarthy got hurt. That's. I'm going to say not Sonny. Thirty starts, two straight years. How many? I, I don't. I don't. I can't. I can't even guess. Name you. me a guy. I can look it up. I can't think of anybody. Um, let's, who's a long? Who's a long tenured A? Uh, Chris Bassett. Now, and and it's going to be not fair, to, especially for a guy like Chris Bassett because of the COVID year. Yeah. Uh, 
I'll look up Bassey right now. Chris Bassett uh, only did 30 starts one time. Now, once again, but, and he got hurt, too. That's got to think. But still, he didn't do it. Not Chris Bassett. But Mariah got to 32, and then he had 28 and 29. Never got it to, never got it. Um, I'll check old Sonny Gray. There's, I, I would bet no way. I bet he never even made 30 as much as we babied him. Sonny Gray made third. Oh, Sonny Gray would be it. 2014, 2015, he made 33 and 31. I was going to say Bartolo Colon, but he went 24 and 30. So he didn't make that one. I mean, I don't know about you, but 2015, 2014 is now a long time ago. Look, not even Dallas Braden. Where the hell were you in 2015, 2014? I was at the game. Where were you? <laughs> I was married the first time. You weren't even – were you even – We go through Cody's life based on marriages. Uh, I, was at, I, was, I was working at 95.7 as well. I was like – In 2014? Yeah. I was part-time. I got promoted to full-time like a few months after 2015 started. No, started 2015. I, got, I moved to the morning show. You weren't even there in 2014. No, it was. Just part time. You're part time. Yeah. That's how long ago it was. I started in 13. Yeah. That's a, yeah. I mean, my career barely started. <laughs> there's not, Cole Irvin did something not many modern, re, or we should say recent, I guess not modern, but recent A's pitchers have done. I, I'm not taking log- the ball 30 times two straight years. I'm not logged into Stathead on this computer. It's on my other computer. I could look it up on there faster, but I'm going to say it's not many. The Can't guys that have be. done it. Can't. If, if, if Manaya didn't do it, who in recent memory, if Bassett didn't do it, who in recent years? And and Sonny's not recent. Sonny's on his third team. <laughs> and how? And by the way, Sonny Gray, how old do you think Sonny Gray is? 32. He's 33. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time. So that's – you throw on top that Cole took the ball and gave us 30 starts a year. And then on top of that was a great dude. Ooh, Mike Fires. There's a good one. Fires only did it once with us. He did it. He did it. Yeah, he had 33 starts in 2019. Then the COVID year, then he only made two starts last year. Or 2021. Is there anybody we're missing? See, does anyone have one? Is there anyone on the comments on here that says throwing out a name? Okay, no one. People are saying Cole Irvin, he's the best good dude. Well, everyone loves Cole. It's Uh, not going to be... Jared Parker, Tommy Malone, I mean, those guys. I'm just trying to think of guys that are on the playoff teams. Yeah, we had a bunch of nothing. I know. Uh, who was on the – I know this is going back a little bit, but – Merriman, when Mania started one of the wild card games, he only had five starts that season. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Did Dan Heron ever do it? I don't think so, right? Dan Heron, I would say, but that's a long time ago. Yeah. I think we're going too far. I mean, back. Sonny Gray would be. I, I would. I mean, since I've checked it, Sonny Gray would probably be the last, 2014, 2015. Uh, Dan Heron did do it with the Ace. Uh, he did it three straight years. Yeah, but you're going back to 05, 06, <laughs> 07. That's a really long time. Ago. I was just graduating high school then. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we don't have a lot of guys go 30 starts. We traded a guy who's going to go 30 starts. I mean, that was one I can tell you inside the organization. I don't like to do it a ton, but I can go inside, inside. Yeah, there were there a lot of people weren't happy about it. 
baseball people. Well, I should say field people. Because you knew you had a starter every five days. And after that, because right now we've gone into this season, what we don't know. We don't know. I mean, we I mean, before the start of the season, you really had no idea about Kyle Moeller. He's been Kyle Moeller right now has been the bright spot of the season. I'll take it one step further. He's the A's All Star. Oh my God. Stop it. Just I can't even believe you went there. Well, I'm being positive. Wash your mouth out with soap. I can't <laughs> believe you went out there. Um But he's been great. You ever have your mouth washed out with soap? When I was a kid, yeah. Yeah, I did too. That was an old school East Coast thing. Yeah, my mom did that to me. My parents ruled with an iron fist. I can't even imagine doing that today. Like, that was never even threatened to my kids. My kids, <laughs> my kid, like, I think about discipline today versus what it was back in the day. My kids basically have had zero discipline. Now, they haven't done anything, knock on wood, they haven't done anything crazy. What? Someone threw out Gio Gonzalez. He did do it also, but that That's was back in 2010. That's a long time ago. <laughs> that was 2010. 2010. That's 13 years ago. <laughs> I mean, most franchises got a guy who did it last year, two years ago, three years ago. We got to go back to 15, 10, 06. I mean, now, kind of not fair to also, you could probably find some guys because of the COVID year. They weren't able to do it, but still, we just don't have a lot. But I still feel like we're forgetting someone. Like, there was someone in the last, like, 10 years, less than that, right? Like, that was here back. No. We had random pitching staffs. That's true. That's very, that's very true. We had random playoff pitching staffs. Random. You said you were mentioning. You got guys that didn't even start the season on the big club who were starting playoff games. Jared Parker. A.J. Tommy Griffin. Tommy Malone. A.J. Griffin. I mean, you're like, What? I mean, A.J. Griffin, how many starts did he make that year? 15, then he did 30, and then he did pitching in the majors for three years. Yeah, it's crazy. He made 32 starts, though, in 2013. A bad year. 200 innings for A.J. Griffin. But that's 10 years was, ago. Yeah, 10 years ago. It's 10 years ago. So, yeah, I mean, when Cole got traded, everybody was like, what? Why? Why? Why did you have to trade him? And hopefully this Hernandez kid, I hope I'm saying his name correctly, turns out to be something. I know he's in Midland right now. Um, he wasn't one of Baltimore's top prospects, but that doesn't matter. It's like, you know, how do you view him? Obviously, people inside Eric Kubota and staff and whoever was scouting him really like him. So, you know, but I was thinking about for this year because we, you know, sometimes people look, and I'm fine with that, where you look ahead, we're going to set you set up for the future. But when this year started, I mean, you have no idea what J.P. Sears. You have no idea Ken Waldachek, Kyle Muller, Fuji. I mean, you just you got you got no idea what you're going to get out of these guys. Paul Blackburn's been hurt. I mean, that was the one thing that you knew about Cole. Even though Cole had that brief stint on the IL to start last year, Cole was going to give you 30 starts. He's going to give you 30. Going to give you close to 200 innings. He would at least be that one guy, especially now with Fuji, the way we were working this deal with Fuji where he's going once every – he's going Saturdays. Yeah. That's it. I uh, just – remember I said there's a name that was escaping me that we're forgetting? Frankie Montas. 
Never did it. Never did. He was he, always hurt. He had 32, and then last year he made – Had the shoulder problem. He, had, he made 27 starts between us and the Yankees. So in a 32. Well, then also he had the PED deal. Yeah. So, I mean, he might have done it, but – because the COVID year was in there too, but yeah. – So, it's pretty – so, it's – Cole Irvin, yeah, wasn't here a long time. Great guy. Great guy. Great to have him on the program. Uh, will always be a good friend of A's cast and A's cast live. But just I want him to re- be remembered as, yeah, he's not going down to Cy Young Ward winner. He's not an all-star. Nothing. But he was a guy that made 30 starts for two straight years for the A's. That was actually, in today's baseball, hard to believe, where you'll actually have somebody who's paid and a, an announcer, broadcaster, whatever you want to call them, on MLB Network, honestly said, other oh, Angels will be happy if DeGrom gets 20 starts. That was actually said. Fact, I heard it. Yeah. Couldn't believe it. Could not believe it. Going, uh, yeah, uh, ask Chris Young that about the amount of money they gave him. They're going to be happy with just 20? No. You know what? And if he gets just 20, odds are they're not in the postseason. No, he had a, what, he had a good start the other day, right? Then Bochy, the magic touch on Bochy fell apart because the Rangers couldn't <laughs> score. I looked it up while we were talking to Cole. His, uh, tell you what, his tempos, he, he got it up to 13.5 seconds now. That's 66th in the league among qualified pitchers. He was, like, number one in starting pitchers last year. He's There's guys that are working a lot faster than him now, and then these guys are – who who knew these guys were quick on the mound, but they just never did it. Now there's a clock. They they all go faster. Well, that that in the first start of the year, the thing that I noticed, like right out of the gate, because like right now I've stopped watching the clock. Have you? Excuse me, the timer. I, I've stopped watching it. Yeah, I, I always forget it. The, the only reason I know about it is when we're at games and I hear the guy resetting it all the time. Yeah, I don't even really think about it. the clock's already like you know. But I watch every game, so but I, I'm I'm all right. It's like already irrelevant to me unless you're one of these guys like Acevedo who's taking it down to three, two, one. You're like, oh, what are you doing? Um, you know that I noticed like right out of the gate, Otani. Now Otani is already kind of battle tested, having been in the WBC, right? So it's not like. He's going from spring training to – to, and I know there wasn't a, a pitch timer at the WBC, but he was already ready to rock. Like, those guys have already come out of real competition ready to play. So, Otani's like, give me the ball, let's go. Otani was basically delivering the baseball at eight seconds every single time. And this was with nobody on. I don't remember. I'd have to go back and watch uh, what he was at when runners were on. But he got into a groove – and he got into a rhythm, and every single time, get the ball, 15-second starts, he gets on the mound, he gets the signs. He's calling his own thing, right? Yeah. And then eight seconds, leg was up, boom, ball gone. And I think the latest he would go was seven seconds. So what what this timer is doing, it's forcing them to get into a rhythm. And as we all know, no matter what sport you're, 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 you're playing, the better rhythm – the better timing, the better you play. Whenever you're dealing with a ball, I don't care if you're talking about baseball, hockey, golf, whatever, when you're in rhythm, when you're hitting that ball, you're throwing that ball, football, quarterbacks in rhythm, they talk about all the time. When you're in rhythm, you just the way human beings work, you perform better. So 
some guys who might have been slow and hurt them career-wise because they're overthinking it. They're, now you're getting a lot of get ball, throw ball, get ball, throw ball, and it gets you into a rhythm. It gets the defense in rhythm behind you. It just it, It's just a better overall flow for your defense and the pitching and for you as a pitcher. And it, you, it, it helps you get – getting into rhythm helps get you into where your release point is and feeling your release point and doing it. Repetition, repetition, repetition. It's a good thing. Yeah, and as you said, here you got a bunch of these guys. I, I, I don't know, but how many of these guys that are now work? Because now they're all working fast. They're all working fast. How many of them went from being super Kenley Jansen, where it takes eight minutes between pitches, to where now you're like, boom, 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 let's go. I was going to say I looked up Otani because he was one of the slower ones last year. He He's down to 15.3, which means I think he's getting a violation with nobody on. Um, but when he but has that, that, that's counting the the twenty seconds. Yeah, and then uh, with guys on, he's a sixteen point nine. So fifteen point three empty, sixteen point zero guys on. So he he's figured it out to work quicker. You know, there's wait, guys. Wait, wait. Base is empty. You only get fifteen seconds. I know, but it's, his average is fifteen point three. I don't. That's impossible. Unless he gets. I don't know. There's a bunch of guys on here that are fi- over fifteen. Well, you only have 15 seconds. I know. Seconds. That's why that's why I'm like blown away by cuz if you look at how, what his numbers are with guys on, it's almost it's almost identical. Oh, it, I thought that was just his overall. Well, that's no. that technically can't happen. Yeah, uh, no. But if you're just joining us, I guess there's a great article on the Ringer. We'll have to uh, we'll be able once pregame gets over, I'm going to go check it out. That pitching the baseball by a certain amount of time has always been in the rule books. So how about that? All these people who are complaining that baseball's changed, it's Manfred ball, you're destroying the game. Winner. The pitch timer essentially has always been in the rule books. you got to throw it within 20 seconds. And that they've tried to implement this in the 30s and the 40s, and for years they've tried to. So this has been going on for a long time. Maybe we'll have to get Ben Lindbergh on. I've, I've tried booking him once before, and we had him, and then I think his wife gave birth, so we had to reschedule. I think it's time to reschedule. You're going to say giving birth was bigger than coming on Ace Cast Live? I mean, I'll let it pass this time. But I, I think it's time to reschedule that interview if this, art, if this article is good. He usually writes good stuff in the ringer. Well, yeah. Pace of play is always something that's in everybody's rule books. Like I said, in golf they have it. Like if you're falling behind, they put you on the clock and they can penalize you. Like speed it up, man. You are running slow. What time are we going till today? we got about 18 minutes or so, probably even a little less. Okay. No, we yeah, because pregame's a so we haven't taken a break. We got yeah coming up next. There is one team that you can say it's too early. It's too early. It's too early to judge. It's early in the season. There's one team who gets that pass that gets that pass because of their past. I've been saying about the A's in postgame. All the time. Well, why would they? Why do they get the pass if it's early if they have nothing to fall back on to prove that? There is a team that does get the pass based on their past. Who is that next? Right here on Ace Cast Live. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. All right, I'm just uh, filling out the the Bible here, the old scorebook, and looking at the standings. I mean, think about it if you're in the East. And with Baltimore starting out, excuse me, as Tampa starting out at 9-0, and Baltimore already five back, Boston four back. I mean, New York and Toronto, I mean, it's not like they've had bad starts. New York is six and three, Toronto's six and four. They find themselves three and three and a half games back already. With Tampa being nine and oh. And Tampa's playing Boston right starting today. Yeah. It's a big series. I mean, Boston loses, they could be five back already. I mean, that's I mean, it's 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 yes, things normally even even out, but sometimes they don't. I mean, if you remember, the 1984 Detroit Tigers started the season out 35-5. and five. That's pretty good. Do you think anybody else had a shot? Uh, and no. they were gone, and no one, no one ever caught them. Wasn't even close. All right, so let's pay off your tees real, real quick. And I'll, well, let me start you off, because we, we like to do a little overreactions. The Houston Astros are 4-6, and six, and they're heading to play the Pirates, who are 6-3 and three today. Are you saying it's overreaction Monday? Yeah, yeah. Overreaction or not? You got to come up with a sounder. We got to come up. Oh my God, the sky is falling. Overreaction or not? The Astros are in trouble. Or maybe you could right now put up a dumpster on fire. That's one of my favorites. The dumpster fire. The best one ever is the dumpster on fire coming down the coming down like some. Oh yeah. It's like it's like a river in a street. Obviously, there's flooding, but it's a dumpster fire. It's the best. I love sending that all the time. The one I've been sending lately. Is the uh, can you put that up on the screen? Uh, uh, let me see if, I, if I'm able to. Yeah, it's the dumpster coming down. Obviously, it's a it's a flood. Uh, it's the one with the woman with the cup of coffee, and there's fire going on underneath her. Everything is fine. Oh yeah, there's a lot of go- let me. See. Oh, this is on the fly. This is almost yeah, like what we did. You can do this. This will be great. Um, let me see. Certain teams feel this way, and it, and sometimes it ends up this way. I don't know if – yeah, I don't think I can do it. But – I need more – I would need more time. You can say – yeah, you need that long term because we're going to be bringing the dumpster fire. You can say that the Houston Astros can clearly get off to a bad start and go, Aaron Rodgers, relax. Got a long season to go here. Everything's fine. Don't panic. Whatever you do, don't panic. A lot of teams can't do that because – and I and, I, and I, I say this all the time. You'll hear me say this on the Clubhouse show. People who say it's early are making excuses, and they don't really want to do an analysis, right? Because the analysis yeah. is going to be negative. They don't want to be negative. So they go, ah, relax, it's early. Someone told me recently, relax, it's early on the A's run differential. I was told that last Wednesday. Uh, A's run differential now is a historic minus 45. My- in the live ball era since 1955, A's have the worst run differential through 10 games. 
I would say that uh, I was told not long ago. Ah, it's early. No, it's not early. Yeah, it's very. It's early for this one team. It's early for this team, the Astros. In 2021, the Astros lost 10 of their first 17. Panic, right? No. They came back and won 95 games on the way to winning the pennant and going to the the World Series. 2022, that was last year. The team lost nine of its first 16. Are you panicking? You mean they weren't? You better be panicking. No, they went on to win 106 games and won the World Series. That's yeah. I think they. I think they're okay. So if you're doing Astros live or Astros cast or Astros post game, Astros talk, Astros talk, and some guy calls in. Hey, I'm from Sugarland, Tech. Why am I going into my New York accent? Sugarland, that's our AAA team, by the way. Sugarland, which is not the Sugarland Skeeter, Sugarland, Texas, not far out from uh, Houston. From Houston. Y'all too worried about my Astros, yeah. Y'all were y'all y'all too worried because y'all got a, a track record to come back and and be okay. They have every right to say it's early because they've earned that right to say it's early. I agree. The Orioles, you have not earned that right to say it's early. Nope. The A's certainly, and the thing with the A's, it's not only just not this team; it's the fact that these guys never played together. You have a bunch of human beings that you've thrown together on a team who are still learning each other. They're learning how to play. So so it's just not it's not like we're looking at what this team did last year. This is a brand new team, basically, all these guys. You take now Seth Brown off the roster. You've got one guy in the lineup right now who is well, you have two guys in the lineup who are actually here at the start of the year. Last year. Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith counts. And uh, Kemp. And Kemp, yeah. So you can't say Ramon. He was suspended. Mm-hmm. So let's take Smith out because obviously he was here for a cup of coffee. Really, there's one guy who was on this team last year for the entire year in the lineup today. Starting pitcher wasn't either. So, I mean, just think about that. Tony Kemp is the only guy. So how could we honestly say, don't worry about this group. They're fine. What, what data – Evidence, whatever, do I have to base that on? Uh, you don't. You don't. Yeah. That's why this series right here, because I can, like I started the show, you just got to forget about what happened over the weekend. I mean, you just, you get on that plane, go to Baltimore, and just, you know, whatever you got to do, reset the computer, it doesn't matter. It's over, <laughs> right? It's over. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's now what you do. But this four game set here, as you have you have two teams in the same spot. Last place, they're gonna claim it's early. What you what you look like after this series is gonna it's gonna be telling. Right? Because if you're Baltimore and you lose three out of four and Tampa keeps winning, you could be literally eight, nine games out of first place by the end of this series if Tampa keeps winning. Um and and, and I would bet that if we go through the history of baseball, if you're down Close to double digits in the first month, you probably didn't come back and go to the playoffs. That was another overreaction I for you, real quick. Uh, overreaction or not, the Rays will break the 116 Mariner win season total. Oh, that is not an over. Yes, it's an overreaction. Uh, they won 100 games. Their their franchise high is 100 back in 2021. But they're really good. I mean, they've been to the playoffs four straight years, right? The, yes, they won the division. Yeah, four straight years. Went to the World Series in the COVID year. Yeah. 
They've been in the playoffs four straight years. And as Paul Hembikides told us, I mean, technically they're 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 a well-oiled machine. They're winning, and I know we would think it doesn't matter, but they're winning in the minor league system. For the last five years, they've had the best record. Right? So their minor leaguers win, their big leaguers win. It's just a factory of winning and good players. Because we can't say that's overrated because how much did we talk about Chapman, Olsen, Pender, all these guys learning to win in the minor leagues and then coming to the big leagues together? That was the Dodger and the Oriole way back in the day. You establish it in the minor leagues, and then even Grady Fuson talked about that with Vince Catronio about we teach these guys how to play like Oakland A's. So that's what Tampa's doing. They're able to let guys go and trade guys and do whatever because they got new guys coming who are winners, who know how to play, who know how to play their way, their style, which everybody's style. I mean, unless you're just hitting home runs, you got to learn how to play baseball. That's it? Yeah, we got to go. Play a couple more. Got to get our sponsors in. That's true. Ace Total Access. Link Soul. Show them. Look how nice this is. Yeah. Can you can you see it? There you go. It's got the hoodie. I mean, it says it right here. Are you kidding me? You could be going to the beach. You could be going out to dinner. You could be going to happy hour, an A's game. Because we live in the Bay Area, right? If you you're going, if you live near the Bay, if you're not out like in Livermore where it's hotter than you know what, <laughs> uh, you're living you know close to the Bay. It's it cool at night. San Francisco, you're freezing. So it's perfect for it. Perfect. I mean, it's a little warm in San Jose today for it, but it, no, we're powering through. Go to linksoul.com. Coming up next, A's Total Access. We'll get you for get you ready for game one between the Athletics and the Orioles. Who are we going to hear from in the pregame show? Eno Saris. You're going to hear from the great Eno Saris in the pregame, and I believe I'll lead it off today with Vince Catronio. All coming up next. Thank you for watching A's Cast Live. We'll see you tomorrow at 1 o'clock. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.